Life Audio. Uh, we're going to tell some wild rehab stories today. <laughs> then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Well, what was that? It's a busy week, baby. Yes, it is. It's a busy week. Thank you. Welcome back to Life After Addiction. This is a busy week for us at S2L and Life After Addiction because it is our alumni weekend, which means if you are watching this, it is September 1st. It's the first of the month. We recorded this beforehand, but that also means that last night on Thursday, the 31st, International Overdose Awareness Day, we had our benefit concert with Ben Fuller. Uh, Lord willing, we were able to live stream that on this channel, so go and check that out. Uh, man, so, but the preparation leading up to this week, this weekend, it's a, it's a doozy. It so. is a hectic, busy yeah. week for us. So it's good. Between it's good. the benefit concert, golf, outings at the cabin, just everything going on. Cookout, it's, sporting. It's all good stuff, though. So we're it's trying good. to remind ourselves that it's good stuff, yeah. not to worry, not to stress, yeah. savor the moment, enjoy it. Record got, number of alumni yep. and spouses. The spouses of the alumni are coming in, too, and doing kind of their own event, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, man, so that feels good. That's that's what drives, you know. Yeah. That, that's cool. It's unique that we do that, too, to have alumni from all over the country come back who have completed and graduated yeah. our program, who God has done a mighty work in their life, and they just desire to, you know, come back yeah, and that's share weird. those moments together and just uh, do life with one yeah, another. Yeah, like who would want to go back to rehab? To, right. You know what I mean? That's yeah, pretty, it's that's a pretty, unique thing. pretty unique. So, so back to the channel, man. Golly. I mean, you guys, we are so thankful for you. I mean, it seemed like three weeks ago we had just hit 1,000 subscribers. Yeah. And then we're over 5,000 subscribers now. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for that. Please, if you're not subscribed, man, this is good uh, good content for the soul. We, we aim to give God glory and talk about um, real-life stuff yeah. uh, and do reaction videos and current event type stuff. And so, yeah, if you're not subscribed, please do. That would mean a lot to us. And thank you so much if you have. Uh, today's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could probably just tell the audience who we are just a little bit, sure. kind of like we do since, like you said, I think last time we were in the studio, we had under 1,000 subscribers. We have 5,000 yeah. this time in the studio. So, yeah, Adam and I, uh, we work for a Christ-centered addiction recovery facility right. uh, just east of Nashville, about 50 miles. Um, and so we both went through the program. We both struggled with addiction for nearly a decade, just over a decade. Yep. Um, and we found freedom from that addiction through a personal relationship with Christ. I myself didn't really Jesus. grow up going to church too much. Um, I didn't grow up reading the word. I didn't grow up praying. So I encountered God um, Father's Day of 2017, and he radically changed my life. I'm now, you know, the facility director at the very program that, you know, God uh, revealed himself to me and that I was able to find freedom from addiction through a personal relationship with him. So uh, we give God all the glory uh, yeah. for everything we discuss. Um, everything we talk about is basically from the Bible, a biblical worldview um, on how we perceive things in life. Um, and so we talk about everything from forgiveness to humility to, like you said, reaction videos, personal things that we're going through, what God's speaking to us, what he's revealing to us yeah, and everything in between. Yeah. I mean, and God just has blessed us. Um, like Chitty said, I, I also came through the program uh, over a decade ago, uh, but I did grow up in church. 
uh, I, I knew who I believed in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but what you what I came to understand that even the demons believe and they shudder. So there's it's not a salvation belief. It's just a if you just believe in facts, what does that mean? But there's a surrender of your life yeah. uh, that hadn't taken place. Yeah. And, you know, I'd played the church games and then going through a decade long addiction, uh, losing everything, should be dead, should be in prison to this day. Um, God met me in the darkest season of my life and he whispered at the deepest part of my soul that he loved me and that wrecked me, man. And yeah. And so now I'm an ordained pastor and just of the same program that I came through and we've got stories for days and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I think, uh, maybe with the thumbnail, our, our producer Jorian is really good at creating those, but uh, we're going to tell some wild rehab stories today. <laughs> there's some that we can never tell on, right. on, on live online. Right. Uh, and there's some that we probably could and maybe have forgotten about, but we have a couple. We actually did this, um, uh, this, this topic a long time ago before, yeah. uh, there was anyone listening, but we wanted to do it again, <laughs> man, because there's some wild stuff. I mean, they can, there could literally be a reality TV show that would be on forever. It yeah. would never get canceled. Never. It would never, it would have the best ratings on TV. Uh, it would win awards um, about all the craziness that happens. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. We joke. Like if we had, you know, we have to joke or we'd go nuts. Right. And that's even including us when we yeah. were students. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But like if we all had GoPros, <laughs> like walked around with like GoPro cameras on our chest or our yeah. head and just, and everyone the was day, mic'd up. Yeah. Right. The daily, like, <laughs> things that ensue and, like, yeah. having a confessional room where guys could come in and complain yeah. that this dude ate his turkey sandwich yeah, 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 yeah. and this dude snores like, too down, loud. Sits and, down at a table and, like, has that confessional camera yeah. and, like, MTV yeah. back in the it day. It would be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. It would be awesome. Uh, never will happen because of HIPAA, but yes. uh, maybe maybe someday. But we want to tell you a few stories. Obviously, we're not going to say names. If we do say names, we have their permission to. Uh, but we'll, and we might change some of the, whatever to protect some, some identity, but, uh, yeah, man, you want to start or you want me to start with one? Um, I can, I can go with one. Okay. Go ahead. So this was in 2019. I probably hadn't even been a staff member for a full year yet. And like I said, we get guys from all over the country, you know, we fly into BNA. 50 miles, um, our facility from Nashville. So whenever they come in, they fly into BNA airport in Nashville. And so, I go to the airport one night to pick up uh, a new intake, and Uh I go by myself. Usually we do the buddy system. It's just always in case somebody's not in good shape. Whenever we go to pick them up, it's always good to have two people when you're picking someone up. So you were breaking the rules. I was breaking the rules. I just put myself out there like that. But I go to pick him up, and uh, I get him from the airport, and I can tell this guy's drunk. Obviously, he's coming to rehab. Most people come here intoxicated, you know, whether it's drunk or high. Um, and so we're in the van and we're starting to head back. And like I said, we the have druggy buggy is what we call what people call. It. We have a 50 mile trek back. Well, I got on 24, which is the main highway from Nashville to, to where we are. And of course, they're always doing construction at nighttime. Oh, yeah. So I had to take the back road down old Murfreesboro Highway or whatever it is. Yep. And there's so many lights yeah. when you go that way. And so this guy's drunk, and he's just talking up a storm, and he's, he's consistently trying to get me to stop at gas stations to pee. Now, on one hand, I'm sure he probably did have to pee, but on the other hand, I also am not yeah, dumb yeah, and yeah. know that he's probably trying to buy alcohol as yeah. well. You know, um, you're going to rehab. It's all about your last hoorah. Let me try and get all this in before I get there. Yeah, and in other states, in other states, they sell liquor in gas stations. In Tennessee, it's just beer. 
So mm-hmm. he probably thought he probably thought he could go in and buy some liquor and yeah. chug it real quick. I, uh, maybe I want to say the state he's from. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one that does sell liquor. Yes. Yeah, in a gas station. Yeah. So man, by the time I get to like the seventh light, we're maybe twenty minutes into our trip. He just will not stop about. You need to stop. You need to stop. You need. To, I need to go pee. I need to go to the the restroom. And so I finally get to a point, I'm like, okay, but I'm going in with you, and we're only stopping one time. So make sure you go to the restroom, and I'm going to follow you in. And so we end up going, and uh, he, he goes to the restroom, and he tries to buy beer, obviously. And I'm just standing there next to him at the cooler. I'm like, dude, you're not getting this. Like, you cannot buy alcohol and get in my van. And we're going back and forth, and I eventually get him back in the van, you know. And uh, we start going some more. And like I said, I had to take the back road, so there was so many lights. And I could tell with each light that we passed, he's getting more and more antsy. Like, he's just looking out the window, just getting frustrated, just – you know, up, up in arms about me not stopping and letting him get alcohol. And so we finally get to another light and he looks at me and he's like, then I'm not ready. And hops out the <laughs> van door, runs across four lanes of traffic. Oh, Fortunately, it was Lord, so late. Help. There was no cars coming and runs off into the woods down this driveway of this property. In a state that he knows no one. Correct. No family. In the middle of the night, he's out. Yeah. And so I try to like U-turn as soon as I can and pull to the shoulder of this four lane like highway. Oh, I remember this night. I'm looking out into the woods and he's nowhere to be found. And I'm like, dude, it's been 30 seconds. Maybe (laughs) I have no idea how he disappeared. And so what do I do? Well, I call Adam and I'm like, and Adam had known this guy um, prior to this. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I think another staff member knew him. Okay. Yeah. I think okay. another so staff, another member, staff was member knew him, him. but yeah. I call Adam and I'm like, hey, man, your boy just uh, hopped out the van and he's gone in the woods. And he's laughing because Adam and I cut up a lot in jokes. So he, I'm very sarcastic. So is he. So he thinks I'm actually kidding. Yeah, I think you're joking. And I'm like, no, bro, he's gone. Like he hopped out on the four lane highway and just jetted into the woods. And I don't know where he's at. Yeah. So Adam's like, okay, let me make a couple calls. So he starts calling another staff member who knew him and had his wife's number, and we start trying to get in contact with him. Dialing his phone. Dialing it his was, phone. And we're laughing you, his, now, but it was it His was phone was dead. Yeah. So we couldn't get a hold of him. So I'm just driving up and down this road, I would say for maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, and he's nowhere in sight. 
And praise God, he ends up finding his way to this gas station. Dude, to this day, I have no idea how he made it to where he was at. Whenever 26 I miles up. away from where we're not I, I have no idea how he got where he was. But <laughs> I get a call after 20 minutes just driving up and down this highway from, I think it was John. And he's like, hey, he just called his wife from this gas station's phone typed his address in and try and find him at this gas station. So I did that. I pull up to the gas station and he had already bought like a six pack of beer or whatever. And he was trying to use the phone again. And so I walked in and I walk up behind him and he looks at me and when he sees me, he just gives me that death stare. And I'm like, Hey man, like just get back in the car. And I don't know if I should tell this, but I will, we need to cut it. We can, but in order to get him in the car, I had to let him bring a six pack of beer in. And yeah. it's just like one of those judgment calls where it's like, okay, I either leave you here and I know you're certainly going to jail and nothing's going to change. Or I just bite the bullet and allow you into the van just to, you know, get you to be quiet, sit still and get you to where I know you're going to be safe. And I can see that and, and know that the Lord can move. You have an opportunity to hear from the Lord. So that's what we do. He gets in the, the van. I let him bring the six pack in. He starts smoking cigarettes. And I'm just like <laughs> in the van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. But th- there's just those judgment calls, man. I-, I felt like, hey, if I can just get you here, I know the power of God. I yeah. know what the Lord can do if I yeah. can just get you in a place to hear from the Lord. And so we're driving down the road and I'll never forget, man. He's drinking. And he looks at me. This is maybe 20 minutes into the, tr- the second trip now that he's got back in. He looks at me when we're at a light, and he's like, if you try and drink my beer, I'm going to tell Adam. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man, I, I got you. I, that's the right thing to do, man. If I try to drink your beer, man, you call Adam you and call you tell him. right him. now. He's like, yeah, you're not drinking this without Adam knowing. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man. So long story short, man, I get him back. He ends up, you know, going through the intake process. He goes to sleep. I ended up coaching the guy, and we became really, really close. That's awesome. So it was super cool to see what God did in his life over the next six weeks. Yeah. Um, and just being able to walk with him and watch him encounter the Lord in such mighty ways. And, uh, yeah, just see some of that restoration occur in front of my very eyes. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a trip. That whole thing yeah, was a trip, and uh, became, I'll never forget it. Yeah, because it was a search and rescue mission, man. Yeah. And then a couple things here. One – uh, staff members, if you're watching this, uh, don't do what Chitty did, right? <laughs> no, don't let him bring beer in the van. That smoke is the only the time van. that that has happened. Uh, but two, I will tell you all of these stories, but one, I think one happened before we were licensed. And so we've been a ministry since 2006. Uh, we didn't get licensed until 2020, uh, licensed by the state. And so when you're a nonprofit, um, there's a lot of crazy things that happens because man, you, you know, you're, you're based on your volunteers and low staff, and you're just trying to, you know, do everything you can to save lives. Uh, to whereas once you have license and there's insurance involved, you have different types of staff and you have more backing. Uh, but I'll tell you this, um, that's not the only, that's not the only time I've heard and been a part of situations where you had to make a judgment call right. to get someone in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. So I got one. Um and I'll start with it. This is this is pre license. Um and so we would have sometimes people came come in uh and they have medications, personal belongings, cash, phones. We lock all of that up. Um especially if there's some kind of medication that someone's taking for detoxing or withdrawal. That's like locked up, locked up behind three locks and cameras. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so, 
And I mean cameras. I mean, there's cameras because that's where this was old school. This was in the old. This was in the classroom, mm-hmm. and so yeah. uh, it had like here's the door. The door had like a um, a swinging top, and it had a thing. So guys would come up to get their medication. There was a camera right here to show them show the medication, show them signing off on it. There was a camera in the back of the room showing the person taking it. I'm literally there's three cameras. Yeah, and I mean it's locked down. One, two, three locks to get into this room. Um, and then one day, man, we look and, and the med, medic med count is off or something's off. No, there was, <laughs> oh, this was not funny then, but it is funny now. There was debris on the floor in the classroom. Like what in the world? Like people saw this just like dust and pile of stuff in the classroom. And after investigating, there was a hole in the roof. Uh, and we go and we like, what in the world? And then we go into the, <laughs> the med room and then there's a hole in the med room. He's like, well, that's not good, guys. That's This is a bad sign so far. So we go to the cameras, and we're watching, and there's a guy, and, man, he is doing – I believe this guy is doing well. Uh, last time I saw, he was doing really well. He was actually lifting weights, and uh, this was years ago. But, I mean, the camera showed this guy falling through the roof <laughs> into the med room at 2 or 3 in the morning. And he's reaching up, trying to like almost like a you know those um, machines like snack machines where something gets stuck. You try to get your hand up in yeah. there. Well, there was this much of a gap because it was like a, a wooden thing that you can get into. And this guy was like reaching in there trying to grab something from someone's personal belongings or medication or something like that. And at one point, he stands up and he's trying to figure out how to get the door open. And he looks up and he sees the camera. And he stares right at the camera like this for like ten seconds. He puts his hood on and tightens it, looks around, and then continues to try to do Oh, my it. gosh. It's like, what are, you, what are you doing, dude? You're hit, bro. You think the hood's going to help you now? Um, and then I think he ended up climbing back out or whatever, but he was clearly caught, clearly clear as day, and then the outcome of that was, you know, he got kicked out and um, gave him some things to do to kind of work his way back but man we had to have some separation from him then um ended up coming back a few months later uh in a completely different mindset and uh that was a pretty wild one i mean if you could just do if you could just imagine seeing this footage i wish i still had this footage but a dude i wish it was in slow-mo just so the the ceilings we have what are those called drop drop ceilings we have those drop ceilings so our classroom and our pantry are where our med closet used to be are connected but there's a wall obviously so if you go through the roof you just got to punch one of those squares out you can make it to the other side yeah and so that's how he was able to get through the roof into the other side and it wasn't graceful man i mean i don't know if if something had happened or something but he didn't seem like he was in his right mind i mean to look at a camera to think you're going to disguise yourself with your hood after staring at the camera right i don't know what was going on with him but it was not graceful i mean in my head i could just see it in slow and he hits the ground jumps up like a squirrel and so it was a that was a pretty wild story that i remember golly some of the things we used to do, man, I, I mean, I can relate to that. Like the dumbest things we used to do that in our minds we feel like we're just MacGyver or something. Yeah. Inspector Gadget, just so smooth with it, and it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll tell one more. <clears throat> so I was – I think I was – no, I was a staff member at this point. 
this was probably 2018, 2019, something like that. But I'm super sick. I don't know if I had the flu or something, but I'm laying in bed, and I hear some commotion out in the living room. And the guys were at church at this point in time, so there was only a new guy who had just came to the program and then, like, an intern who was at the house. And you were sick? And I was sick, dude. So I'm laying in bed, but I hear some commotion with the two guys out there. And so I just hear a little, like, a knock at my door. And uh, it's one of our former staff members, and he knocks again. I didn't say nothing at first, and I'm like, what's up? He comes in, and he's like, Ryan, there's, there's birds out here. And I'm like, what? He's like, there's birds out here. So I walk out of my room, and when I look right towards the chimney, there's like 15, I think you call them chimney swifts or something like that. I don't know the name of the bird, but there's like 15 of them just flying out in every direction. Inside? And inside. And I'm not like generally scared of birds, right? But there's something about like a ton of birds flying out in enclosed spaces that's just like creepy. I don't know. Yeah. So like we're ducking and dodging these birds and it is hilarious, dude, because none of us uh, obviously were man enough to like just go and grab them and throw them outside like maybe a normal person would. So we're just ducking and, and dodging these birds for a long period of time and it'll do better telling the story with videos so i'll have jorian um throw some videos in here as i'm talking about it but they end up like all dispersing i think a few of them went to the third floor and some of them were like behind fridges and different places and so like there was one point where we only could see two and so we're looking at those two and we have like plastic bags on our hands and we're like trying to creep up close to close enough to them to grab them. But we didn't know where the rest of them went. So we're searching throughout the house and there's like this one little, I don't know if it was a bookshelf or something uh, by the back door um, to the right side of it. And I'll have Jorian post a picture right now of it. But we like kind of scooted out a little bit and all you see is like eight seven eight birds lined up with their eyes just looking right up at you Gosh. and it just looked creepy so we called our boy justin carter Jay, you know Jay carter. mr demolition himself yeah. and he comes in and he's got a broom in his hand and he's just sweeping these things out I mean, one by one yeah he's the terminator no man. birds were hurt in the filming of this video right. i think i think the chaos i'm not that was sure but then there's some – I got videos of Justin in the living room. Like Put some volume to the videos too because they're just laughing. They're, they're flying just all around laughing. and Justin has a broom and he's just like swinging this thing in the air, <laughs> knocking into the ceiling fan. Like it was just hilarious. So we got most of them out and then like there were still a few more and uh, one of our former staff members – uh, comes home from church and this is an old country dude man yeah, he ain't scared time. of nothing dude he'll eat snakes he'll eat fish like whole yeah just the craziest stuff he comes in and he's like dude like just grab it and throw it out he's just grabbing them one by one he's like dude all you do is just like throw them out and i'm like wow if you would have known the chaos that ensued up to you coming here you would be very disappointed in your friends dude but yeah with the videos and pictures that should be pretty funny because it, it was uh yeah i couldn't stop laughing that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think the one, uh, the final one, yeah, the final one that I want to tell, uh, this was after Lysinger, um, but it was a little bit kind of a different of situation. Uh, so we have a service on Thursday night. It's called Catapult, uh, and we actually stream Catapult live on S2L Studios' YouTube channel. Um, and it's just a message of hope that's open to the public, alumni to watch or come back, and we bring our guys there every week. Uh, we have worship and then just a sermon, a message of, of hope, somewhat related to addiction, but really just biblical hope uh, about freedom and, and growth and things like that. And so this one night we had a special um, 
band, guest band leading worship. It was from a, uh, one of our local churches. They have a, a great worship band, and they were leading worship. And it was pretty crowded. Uh, I would say there's probably hundred and something people yeah. there that night. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of to the back, you know. And um, I, I don't know. I'm in the back, uh, in the back booth, kind of running sound or running the the slides or whatever the whatever it's called, front of house. And so it's in the back, and and there's a a walk through here. Uh, the main way, the only way to get into the sanctuary is right by the booth. And so they're probably in their second song. Catapult's been going, you know, ten fifteen minutes at this point. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like a group, uh, three guys and a girl come walking in, and you know they're. I'm used to seeing all types of people come to catapult, so it wasn't the way they looked, but they were kind of swole a little bit, and they yeah. and they were, and they were on like a mission it seemed. And- Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. I was like, hey, how you doing? Come on in. You know, I did one of those things because I wanted them to feel welcome. But it was like they acknowledged me, but they were just staring like this. They were watching something. And I was like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, it was three big swole dudes and then a lady. And so the lady kind of comes up and starts walking towards where they're looking. And I'm trying to put this, uh, I'm trying to process what's happening in my head right now. And I was just like, and she goes over, she stands over one of our current SRs, or current students, or current guy in the mm-hmm. program is what we call them, yeah. service recipient. And she looks back at him, and she goes like this. And it just clicked in my head. It was either they're about to beat him up, or that's law enforcement. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they're, they're some kind of bounty hunter. And so it, when it clicked in my head, something clicked in me. And, I mean, the music was loud. They had a full band, drums, you know, two guitars, bass, and lead, a couple lead singers. But something clicked in me, and they were still standing. The group of men were still standing by the door, and I just went like, and just kind of ran toward them. And I mean, these were big dudes, bigger than me, like muscular dudes. And I was just like, no, not here. This is a church. This is a church. You can't do that here. And I was kind of trying to back them out into the lobby. Um, I guess I was pretty sure at that point it wasn't just like, it wasn't just a hitman trying to beat this guy up. I figured it was some kind of law enforcement. And so I got him out in the lobby, and they weren't budging. They were bounty hunters. Uh, somehow figured out that he was he was in the program and that we would be there that night, and he would be there. Uh, whether that be through social media and catapult and stuff like that, they figured it out. And, uh, and they wanted him bad because they brought the whole squad. 
so those bounty hunters, I got them out into the thing. I was like, hey, man, this just can't happen, man. So I was like, this is a church. This is private property. There's church service. You don't have permission to be here. And not only that, this is a mental health facility because we were licensed at this right. point. I go, you can't pull this man out of treatment. You don't have the authority. He goes, well, the port of the judge signed off on this today, and so I have the authority. I go, no, man, you don't. You're going to have a lawsuit. I was just throwing everything I could, and I had no fear. I'm telling you, something clicked, and it just went to like – Papa Bear mode. Like, yeah. this dude's getting help, and, you're, and he's doing good. He was actually, at this point, he wasn't a couple weeks in. He was about to go to phase two. Like, he had made a commitment to do longer treatment. Um, and he had, something had happened that week. I remember talking in staff meeting, every staff meeting we have on Tuesdays, and we kind of go through the census. How are they doing? What's going on? And there was some breakthrough that I remember happening. That probably played a role in it. But I just remember trying to just throw everything I can at him. And eventually I was just like, what well, we got to do, man? What we got to do? He's not leaving here tonight. He goes, he's leaving here tonight. And so I got him from the the back of the sanctuary to the lobby to now we were outside. Um, And luckily none of the commotion was heard because it was still during worship. And then I think I asked him to come outside because worship had ended. Um, And I just talking to him, talking. Then, you know, I, I felt my endorphins start to slow down, my heart rate slow down. So then I was like, okay, let me level with this guy. And so I started telling him, I was like, man, there's just, there's some breakthrough that's happening. And this would just be detrimental, man. He's just going to be in the cycle of the system if he leaves here tonight with you and you put him in jail. Well, no, man, you're going to bail him out. I was like, man, I know how it works. Eventually just talked to him, talked to him. I said, what do I got to do, man, for you not to take him tonight? And he goes, we'll pay his bond. I go, how much is it? He goes, five grand. <laughs> and I was just, I don't know. I, I was like, there's nothing else you could do. I mean, I'm telling you, the day he leaves this, the day he graduates or finishes, we as a staff will drive him to your front door or drive him to the jail, communicate. You could be there and check him in. Um, So eventually he's just like, man, if you do this, if you cut a check, uh, we'll let him stay. And so I was like, I got with Ron. I was like, man, I just think we got to do this, man. We just got to do this. And so we wrote him a $5,000 check praying that he never had to cash it (laughs) and uh yeah and so they left and i mean eventually i think later that night i saw that the bounty hunter like liked our facebook page or something like that so it was pretty cool and then there was some communications and it was uh it was a pretty cool like we leveled out man and he started saying how much he appreciated and how much how many people that he works with needs what we're doing and it ended up being a cool situation yeah he got to stay i remember that night too you were uh you were hot at first yeah. As anyone would be with bounty hunters coming in <laughs> mid church service, service to pull somebody out, like it was ridiculous. But yeah, I remember that night. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, and so man, that's the only two that I think um, I want to share. I do want to share the wildest stories, though, man. If we're honest, that I mean, it's it's when people like you and me and that guy uh, falling through the roof. That guy should have gone with the bounty hunters. The guy that's running across the road, you know, Mm -hmm. when guys like that, the lights come on in their eyes and they see who they are in Christ and they see who God is and who God says they are. And they, I mean, that's the wildest stories. They were damaged goods, man. Mm -hmm. We were second class citizens. We were supposed to be dead in jail or an institution. Those were our paths. Those were what was laid out for us. We were by our own recovery community. We were always going to be addicts or alcoholics. That's just who we were from from now until the day we die. And to see what God does with us like people 
is the wildest stories, man. Amen. The wildest stories. Like this alumni weekend that we're talking about, the video that that we've seen. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got guys that have come through the program that are youth pastors now in other states. Guys that have come through the program that are clinical directors for addiction treatments in the other parts of the state. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I mean, it's crazy. Those are the wildest rehab stories, man. Yeah. And a part of that, and this is my scripture, I just wanted to leave this. God kind of put this on my heart, and it was something that he's put on my heart a long time ago. <clears throat> but there's this story of uh, in the book of Acts in chapter 12, um, man, the church is just getting persecuted. They had just killed James, not the brother of Jesus, James, but one of the disciples. They just killed James, and they had arrested Peter. And Peter's arrested, man, and the same fate was coming for Peter that just came for James. And what the Bible says here in, in chapter 12, verse 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Peter, arrested, kept in prison. They just killed James. The same fate was coming for Peter. He was arrested, but the Bible says that there was earnest prayer made by the church. And it goes through this miraculous story of like Peter being rescued from the prison by the by uh, angels and like led out of there. And all of a sudden, Peter <laughs> Peter goes and knocks on. There were church houses, right? It wasn't like temples because right. they weren't Jews. They were, I mean, they weren't practicing Jews. They were Christians, and so it was home churches. And so in the middle of the night, Peter escaping this, not even escaping, but he was asleep, I think the story says. And, like, he gets kicked on the side. He's like, get up, let's go. And all of a sudden, the chains are off, the doors open. He just walks out the front door. And he goes to this church, and he knocks on the door. And then in verse 16, it says, Peter continued knocking. When they opened, they saw him, and they were amazed. Hmm. And so I just I, I bring those two up because I want to remind myself, because this is a stressful week. Uh, maybe you at home, you're going through and you're not having hope or your loved one uh, is, is just out there. Or whatever your situ- finances, whatever your situation is, man, the church prayed. And the result of that prayer was that they were amazed what God did. Mm. Man, and I want to remind us, man, through earnest prayer can come just astonishment amazing of what God can do. These wild stories we tell are kind of fun now. They weren't fun then. The the fruit that we get to see from God, mm. um, man, earnest prayer and watch God amaze you, man. And it's not like name it and claim it, but God God is doing something even in this season now. He, he's either using this pain to draw you to him or to shed some things away, or he's using this joy to fill you up. Or he's using this stress to say, hey, come to me all who are weary or, or be anxious about nothing but through prayer and supplication present your request. I mean, he's doing something. But, man, our job as the church, the capital C church, the body of Christ, is to pray earnestly, man. Pray mm. earnestly. Mm. And that's what I got. That's a word right there. I could have just said, and that's life after addiction. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> and you better believe it. Let's go. for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number two, lrecovery.org.
We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.